This is a message from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We pray that it will encourage you in your walk of faith. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Youssef or Leading the Way, please visit ltw.org. In my hometown where I was growing up, we had a neighbor who was a very wealthy man, but he lived in utter poverty. He owned lands. He owned real estate. He had cash. But he lived like the poorest of the poor. If he or his wife ever gets sick, they don't go to a doctor just because this couple of dollars will cost them a couple of dollars. And he would line up for hours in a government clinic to get free medicine and free medical treatment. He would go out and buy stale bread and, and, and stale food so, because it would be cheaper. Sometimes he wouldn't even eat in order to save money. And yet when he died, they discovered in his house cans, big cans, not small ones, stacked with cash under his bed. And every time I think of him, I think of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who are living in such spiritual poverty while at their beckoning hand there are resources of all of heaven. Every time I think of him, I think of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who are literally suffering malnutrition, spiritual malnutrition, while all of the blessings of heaven has been given to them through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's really what this message is all about, about discovering your treasure house, your unbelievable blessings that God has already given you. Ephesians, in this epistle, the Holy Spirit of God inspires the Apostle Paul to reveal to us the fullness of the inheritance that we have in Christ, to reveal to us the great riches that we have in Christ, to reveal to us the incomprehensible power that is ours because of the resurrection of Christ, the inexhaustible grace of God that has become ours because of Christ, the glorious position that we have with God the Father because of Jesus Christ. Back in the Great Depression, no, I didn't live back then, uh, I just looked like it. <laughs> Most people could not get out of their bank more than 10% of their entire savings. Why? Because it was a run on the bank, and there was no FDIC and all those things that we have now, and the bank did not have that kind of money to give people their savings. So they insisted you can only get 10%. And in the course of the conversation, Dana said something that really was just resonated with my heart. He said, you know, my grandfather told the story of how, because he was a close friend of the bank manager, that after hours, the bank manager brought him to the bank, and he allowed him to take all of his savings. Because of our relationship with the heavenly banker, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, who died and rose again, we have been given not just a little bit, but the whole lot. How much? The whole lot. And that is what the message of Ephesians is all about. If you read the whole epistle, you'll notice 
that in chapter 1, verse 7, we are told of the riches of God's grace. In 3, 8, we are told of the unfathomable riches of Christ. In 3, 16, we are told of the riches of His glory. The word riches is quoted five times. The word grace, 12 times. The word glory, eight times. The word fullness, six times. And the word in Christ is repeated 15 times. And the first thing that I want to do in this first message is to examine the content of the treasure house. And in the next message, I'll be talking about the sufficiency of the treasure house. The first thing you need to know is that when you came to Christ, you've got the whole lot. You got the whole lot. Not just part of it. Not just taking it in stages. Not you get it on increments. Not you get it on occasionally. Or not when you're good. No, no, no. When you came to Christ, you got the whole lot. What else do you want? Well, look at verse 3. Blessed. And some of your translations said praise. Doesn't matter. It means the same thing. When you bless God, you're praising God. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings. Paul is inviting us to come into this treasure house, into the throne room of God in order to show us the greatness of His blessings, to show us the immensity of His blessings, to show us the vastness of His blessings, to show us the boundlessness of His blessings, in order to show us how the incomprehensible nature of His blessings, to show us the enormity of His blessings that are the treasures that God has given to those who belong to Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about how in our culture today, the talk about self-image and self-esteem and self-acceptance and and life's purpose and identity and all these things that are coming out of our ears in tapes and books and television shows. And I thought about this. You know, all of this is just like drinking salt water. You know, the more you drink salt water, the more you thirst, the more you want more. And you don't realize it. But, but, But that's what happens. And the longer... We run after these things, the deeper our depression and and the deeper our dissatisfaction. The more we try to get hold of these things, the further they go away from us, like a bar of wet soap. You know, every time you get hold of it, it gets away from you. But you can have all the self-esteem and all the self-worth and all the self-acceptance. You can get it all in a flash. You can get it all in a twinkling of an eye. You can get it in a second. You know how? By discovering your treasure house that Jesus Christ made available to you when you came and surrendered your life to Him. And I want to show you today. Because it's the fastest way, the best way, the only way that I can have the authentic, and I emphasize the word authentic, self-esteem and self-worth and lasting contentment and and deep joy and, and, and fulfillment in life. The best way, the fastest way, is to know the Lord Jesus Christ as not only my Savior and the Lord of my life, but my friend who has blessed me with what? Every blessing in the heavenly places. Now, there are people who run around and claim to to know Jesus. They really do. But they live their spiritual lives in utter poverty. They are risking malnutrition, spiritually speaking. And so the question remains. Why does God do all of that for us? Why? 
Why does he do that for those in Christ Jesus? Answer, out of his sheer love and sovereignty has nothing to do with you or me, anybody else. It's because out of love for you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with how many blessings? Every blessings. The creator of the universe, the one who said, let there be light, and there was light. He had chosen us. He has predestined us. He has redeemed us. He graced us. And he blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And during this lifetime, he walks with us. He talks to us. He comforts us. He blesses us. He protects us. And He delivers us. He sustains us. He provides for us. And then when we close our eyes in death, He gets us to share in the inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ. How much of it? Every. It's a whole lot. Think about it. Of all the people that have lived in the world, all generations and ones will ever live, God says, you. You. You, the object of my love. You, the object of my grace. You, the object of my mercy. You are the object of my redemption. You are the object of all my blessings. You are my choice. And furthermore, he says, I did not make that decision arbitrary. I didn't just kind of line people up and said, every third person is mine. (laughs) No way. No, sir. No, that's not how God works. He did not make this decision because he fell in love with your blue eyes or your brown eyes, whatever color eyes you've got. <laughs> no, 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 no. But before the foundation, before the creation of the universe, he knew you by name. He weaved you and nestled you in your mother's womb. He said, I formed you in your mother's womb because I willed it so that you be my child. That I willed it so that I may adopt you. He orchestrated all the events in your life, the families that you've got, the places that you went to, all the things that happened in your life. He orchestrated them so that you may come to believe in Him. He says, I gave you faith when you needed it so that you may believe in my unbelievable love. He says, I gave you grace uh, so that you would not resist my overtures toward you. He says, I opened your eyes, your spiritual eyes, so that you can recognize your desperate need of me. And then, when you came to me, he says, I assured you in my word that it was not an accident. It's not by accident that I adopted you. It's not by accident that you belong to me, that you're mine. But that's not all. He says, I have given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He says, I anticipated that you're going to need my peace, but I'm not going to make you grovel for it. I'm not going to make you beg for it. I already gave it to you. And that is why Jesus said in John 14, 27, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. He says, I anticipated your need for joy in your life, especially in the times when life's problems begin to better you, especially in the times when the walls begin to close on you, especially when you are going through confusion and doubt. I 
loved you enough that I don't have to have you beg me or gravel to me because you're my daughter, you're my son. And so in John 15, Jesus said, I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be overflowing. You see, God says, I anticipated that you're going to need my strength in your life. And so especially in the times of discouragement, I knew you're going to need my strength, especially in the times when there is doubt in your life, when there's faithlessness in your life, especially in the time when you are alone and desperate. But I did not want you to grovel because you're my son, you're my daughter, and I loved you with an everlasting love. You can do all things through him who strengthens you. He anticipated all that. You know, sometimes we come to God and beg for things that he already given us. He's already given them to us. And we come and we beg God. He says, I've already given you. How many blessings? Every blessing. The fact that you don't claim those blessings, the fact that you don't appropriate those blessings, the fact that you don't practice my promises, the fact that you don't revel and delight yourself in these blessings, don't blame me for that. (laughs) I've given them to you. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, what? Blessed us. He's blessed us. Not may bless us, or possibly will bless us, or he can bless us, great as that is, theologically. (laughs) No, 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 he said, has blessed us. You already got it. You already got it. The fact that you don't know you got it, that's not God's fault. And he blessed us with how many blessings? And this is how God is saying, the Apostle Paul is telling us that he has given us every spiritual blessings. He blessed us with them in the heavenly places. And the fact that they go unclaimed, that's not God's problem. (laughs) That's not God's fault. All you need to do is to praise God for how many of these blessings? Every blessing. I want you to listen very carefully. Listen to me. Do you ever get into trouble? (laughs) Who doesn't? There's a world of difference about two types of prayer when you get into trouble. There are two types of prayer. And I heard them both. I've heard the kinds of prayer. One prayer goes like this. Oh, God, get me out of this trouble, God. Get me out of this trouble. Please, God. Please, God. Please, God. I'll be good, God. I will do you a nice favor someday, God. When you get me out of this trouble, God, I might even put some money in the offering plate. Well, you should be tithing anyway. Now, that's very different from this prayer. Listen carefully, please. Lord, I know and you know that I'm in trouble. And Lord, you promised in your word. You said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Lord, I am confident in the fact that you already have blessed me with every spiritual blessings. Lord, you have given me all the strength that I need in order to deal with whatever trouble that faces me right now. Lord, I know that you are walking with me before you promise that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And Lord, you and I can take on any trouble that I can get myself into. Lord, I thank you that you have blessed me with how many? In the heavenly places. Lord, I thank you that I already have all that I need in order to face my trouble. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got it all. He already gave it to me. You say, but how come? Well, because it is the will of God for you to have it all. It is the will of God for you to be blessed, to have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Look at verses 4 and 5. Just as He chose us in Him before the creation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, oh my, oh my, in love He predestined us and adopted us as sons and daughters, not violating the Scripture, through Jesus Christ Himself, according to His plan and will. Why did He do According to His plan and will. Look, He's God, and He can do anything He wants to do. I mean, after all, he's God. Did you get that? I mean, he's God. God can do anything he wants to do. And when he adopted you to be a son, when he adopted you to be a daughter, he willed it for you to be blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Some of you are adopted. Some of you have adopted children. Perhaps I can't think of a greater human experience that will illustrate and explain the grace of God like that experience of adoption. I've seen it in both ways. Why? Because the baby did not choose the parents. The parents chose the baby. You understand the grace of God. That's how God does it. He chooses us. He adopts us. We didn't choose him. If it's up to us, we would be running in the muck and the mud of the world. But he chose us. But listen. The best of adopted parents, the greatest, the the best of homes, the greatest of love, the greatest of care, the greatest of equal treatment among all children, the, the best of inheritance, you can give your adopted children. And you can do that. There's one thing, one thing you cannot do. If you're adopted, there's one thing that your adopted parents could never give you. As much as, I mean, they literally will, will give you, will, will tear their hearts out and give it to you. But there's one thing they cannot give you. Do you know what it is? Their genes. They can't give you their nature. They can't give you their genes. There, there is a reason why I'm telling you this. Because the Apostle Paul is saying here in this passage, in fact, what he said here made me shout, hallelujah and praise God, <laughs> that when God adopted you in Christ... He had not only given you His love and forgiveness and care and grace and eternal life and inheritance with Him, but He has imparted upon you His nature. He gave you His genes. That's supernatural. That's not natural. In the natural, that cannot happen. So that you don't only have Jesus' forgiveness and have Jesus' riches, but you have Jesus' nature. Verse 7, in Him we have redemption. You see, before He adopted you, He had to pay a hefty price. He had to pay a very hefty price. I know some people go through a lot of trouble and cost when they adopt. But when God adopted us through Jesus Christ, He paid a colossal price. He paid for you with the blood of His Son on the cross of Calvary. Like slaves, we were all under the tyranny and the mastership of sin. But Jesus paid in full the price of our deliverance from sin. 
Jesus paid in full the price of our freedom from sin. Jesus paid in full the price of the wages of sin that are ours. And he paid that in accordance with his riches, says the Apostle Paul. How rich is God? In accordance with his riches. Now listen, I don't want you to miss this one. Because if you miss this one, you miss the point. When I go and see somebody whom I know that being blessed of God out of their socks financially, and I'll tell them about the work of God around the world, and I challenge them to support the work of the ministry, and I know this person has got incredible resources. And then at the end of the meeting, he'll take a check for $100 and hand it to me. Well, <laughs> I'll thank God anyway. But you know what he did? You know what he did? He gave me, or give to the Lord, out of his riches. Did you get the word? Out of his riches. But if he says to me, you know, Michael, I've been blessed of God. Here is a check, and it's a million dollars. Man, he did not give out of his riches. He gave in accordance with his riches. Did you get the point? Do you know the difference? How rich is God? He didn't give us out of his riches. If he gave us out of his riches, we would be pittance. We would be every day asking for blessings. But no, no, no. He said these blessings are so enormous that he gave them in accordance with his riches. How rich is God? How rich is God? In accordance with his riches. Not out of his riches. The world of difference between the two. And if your translation says out of his riches, cross it out. (laughs) It's in accordance with his riches. In accordance with his riches. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with how many? Every Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Why every? Well, verse 7 tells us, because he gave us according to his riches. That's it. He blessed us in accordance with his riches. Verse 8. Paul uses the word lavished. It's such a powerful word. Well, God lavishing His love upon us, His blessings upon us. Do you know what that means? It means that you can never, ever, ever, ever outstrip God of His grace. You could never, never do that. It is as endless as the ocean. It is as vast as the universe. It is inexhaustible. But the question that plagues a lot of people, and now let me tell you, it plagued me for a long time. And the question is this, why has God done so much? You know the difference between a habitually sinning believer and a habitually sanctified believer every day becoming more like Christ? You know what the difference is? Is the understanding of the lavished grace of God. That makes all the world of difference. It's inexhaustible. Why has he blessed us? With every spiritual blessing. Why has he chosen us before the foundation of the earth and the world? Why has he adopted us as his children? Why has he redeemed us and paid that hefty price for our redemption? Why has he lavished forgiveness when we know we don't deserve it? Why does he continuously pour his grace into our lives day in and day out? Why does he give us wisdom and insight according to his infinite riches? Verse 12 gives us the answer. To the praise of his glory. 
to the praise of His glory. What does that mean? To the praise of His glory. Listen to me carefully, please. It means that every aspect of your life is a life of worship and praise and adoration and thanksgiving. That at home, regardless of the problems, and we all have them, regardless of the difficulties, your home ought to be a sanctuary for the praise and the adoration and the thanksgiving to God. Your workplace, regardless of difficult people and difficult situations and difficult circumstances, your workplace ought to be a sanctuary for praising and adoring and worshiping the living God. Everywhere you go ought to be a sanctuary for praise and adoration. That is the praise of His glory. And the world will see you and say, Ah, they might say you're weird. But let me tell you what they really mean. (laughs) They mean that you belong to God. That you're His peculiar position. That you're His son and daughter. That you belong to Him uniquely. They don't know how to speak like this. I mean, we speak Christianese and Christianese. They don't know. So they call you weird. But they really don't mean that. (laughs) They mean that you're so blessed of God. That you're unique. That somehow something different about you. When you're giving God thanks and praise and adoration. And you're living for the praise of His glory all of your life. And you know that praise of His glory does not stop when you close your eyes. And death is going to continue on forever and ever and ever. When you meet Jesus face to face when you get to heaven. Because both on earth or heaven, God predestined us, chose us, called us, adopted us, so that we may live for the praise of His glory, both here and in heaven. Amen. I read recently that uh, back during World War II, the government issued bonds, the war bonds, victory bonds, A lot of people bought them. They wanted to support the government. They wanted to stand with the government against an enemy. People bought them. They they sacrificed and, and bought those bonds. And did you know that over half a billion dollars worth of bonds, that is over $13 billion of our money today, over $13 billion with the B, went unclaimed. Nobody ever claimed them. Why? Were they lost? Were they destroyed? Were they put away and forgotten? Were they inherited and and the heirs just were ignorant of their value? Why? I guess we can only guess. We don't know why. But beloved friend, listen to me. The treasure house, with all of its contents, is made so that you can appropriate them, so that you may claim it every single day. How many of those blessings? Claim them all. 